The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network at the Cattlemen's Classic at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds. Not a very far drive as Eric Kruger joins us with Smart Yield out of Kearney. So thanks for coming over to the Classic to, to do Final Bell here in person. Let's talk first of all, Outlook numbers came out uh, earlier today. What are your thoughts on what USDA had to say? Yeah, we had the USDA Outlook Forum uh, release some numbers this morning, and I think corn and bean acres, uh, even really wheat, right in line with what we were looking. And if if there's a good news to it, uh, right at 90 million acres on both, a little over. And the good news is, is I don't think it's uh, it's not negative, and it gives us a nice benchmark on where to start and where we're going to start looking at this crop we're going to get in the ground pretty soon. So, how much do you guys take these numbers for for religion, shall we say, and and start talking about them and and thinking about them when you market? You know, we usually uh, kind of wait another 30 days until we get this year. The March 29th planning intentions report is probably going to be, you know, every year that's that's the big report that starts off really that new crop year and gives us benchmarks on, uh, you know, where we're going to be and what we're looking at uh, for an ending yield. Well, of course, had uh, other numbers that have been kind of factored in and, and talked about has been what's been happening in South America. You know, we started out today with some higher numbers, really in all the grain commodities. Didn't end that way. Beans just kind of got on the struggle bus a little bit. Yeah, and, and beans, you know, they are overbought technically, and we, we've seen beans push up to some really nice levels, and they continue to push, but we're in a weather market following South American weather, and hot and dry in, Brazil, or in Argentina, a little too wet in Brazil, and um, those markets need to continually be fed with information, and we're, we we are seeing estimates being cut. You know, the USDA a few weeks ago had us at, you know, 54, um, you know, sorry, million uh, tons down in, in Argentina, and there's estimates right now in the low 40s. So that's that's broken down a long ways. Um, and if those come to fruition, it's going to continue to support the bean market. I think it's going to support the corn market. Uh, second crop corn won't be near as strong in South America. And if, if those keep happening, um, we're going to continue to see some strong markets. There's got to be some nervousness, too, at this point, because we're hitting some serious pod filling stages there in, in Argentina. Yeah, they they have to be nervous. They've been wet and dry for a long time, and you know you look at the, even the two week outlook, even into the first second week of March, and it's it's going to stay hot and dry. And you know I think you had said earlier you had a guy in South America on the radio earlier, and he was saying it is as hot and dry as what they're saying down there, which causes nervousness. And I kind of wanted to focus on this producer here in the U.S. They hear us every day talk on these markets, talk about the weather in South America. What should they be taking away from that information when they hear you guys talking about the dryness that's there, the struggles that are happening for producers? I think the biggest takeaway is is use it as an opportunity. If the market's going to give us an opportunity based on on a crop, you know that we haven't even put ours in the ground yet. We haven't. Uh, a lot of guys don't know what they're going to even have for acres, whether it's corn, beans, and what that split's going to be. But we have a pretty good idea right now, and. The market's given us some opportunities, whether it's corn or beans, to be able to take advantage of some of these higher prices. But Eric, we got some serious dryness in the south that we have to not forget about. Yeah, and, and it's really affecting wheat right now. We're seeing a little bit of rain that's come in, and it's brought wheat back down, and wheat's kind of chopping around. If we continue to get dry, um, I think wheat will move back up. But they USDA continues to put, or sorry, the NOAA continues to put some 
wetness into the southern plains and if those forecasts come through we might see a little more of a setback which is good because I know in producers I've talked to the South very frustrated and, and trying to struggle with, with winter wheat as it's getting ready to pop out of dormancy and, and looking to plant corn and beans just in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and you're starting to see guys in Texas really starting to get corn in the ground. And um, with warmer weather, that's, that's of course, we're going to see a dormancy come out and we're, we're getting closer and closer to, to our crop year. We saw an increase. Let's jump back and look at the corn side of the trade. Saw an increase when it came to the ethanol report up at um, 5.12%. Yeah, yeah, we saw that. And, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how we really grind through. And I don't know that, that we can increase much more demand on corn based on ethanol numbers. And going forward, that might change. But right now, it's those numbers are pretty strong. Higher dollar, how has that affected the trade today? You know, we had a little bit of a break in the dollar today, but the dollar's at levels that really support exports and support our commodities being moved. So if we can continue to stay down here, it's, it's, it's only good news. You talk about it, though, Eric, supporting the exports, and exports so far this week have been extremely quiet. Yeah, and, and maybe, you know, China's been on holiday here for a week, so that, that could really help if we see them get back in the buying mode coming out of the last week of them being, you know, out of the market. And if they do, uh, maybe we'll see beans continue to push and see corn continue to push if we can get some stronger exports. There was, I was just reading here, 110,000 metric tons of beans announced to an unknown. I always love it when they say an unknown because most folks think it's it's probably going to be China. Yeah, that's and that's usually what we see when, when it's all said and done. When, when we finally get the unknown announcement, it's usually China. So much outside market influence and, and inside market influence on these grains as we get ready to hit our planting season here to the north. What are some things that you would like them to kind of keep in mind as, as they're marketing still the old crop that might be sitting in the bin? Yeah, I, th- I think we're at, you know, options expire here this week and through March. And it's really to a point if you have grain in the bins, we've seen a nice move up. We've seen basis kind of hold steady. So we've seen a nice increase in the value of your crop in the bin. And we've seen new crop push up to almost $4 here this week, um, holding in the high 390s. And I think we're going to have to get above $4 and we're going to have to get some more positive news going forward to get there. But if we do, there's really nice levels on corn, really nice levels on beans for guys to take advantage of. You know, we're sitting here at the Cattleman's Classic and, and producers, are, you know, obviously stopping by our booth to, to see where the grain markets have been trading throughout the day. And at least half a dozen times I hear producers say, boy, if only we could. And you know darn well they're talking going back to the prices that we saw just a few short years ago. Yeah, and I, I think we're a little ways away from that. But, you know, every year is a little different. And, you know, it's, it's hard to look back when you actually look back over the last three years. We've had lower highs and they've all come in the summer and they've been a little lower and a little lower. And hopefully maybe this year with a, some demand or a production issue, we could buck that trend a little bit. But um, we're not that far from last year's high. You know, last year's high on December corn, 417 and a quarter. Um, we're almost at four bucks right now. So really, uh, if, if you go back and look year over year, we're getting to some levels where guys need to really have a plan in place. All right, well, stick around, folks. we got more coming up, the back half of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Eric Kruger joins us with Smart Yield. We are in Kearney at the Cattleman's Classic. And just a quick drive, I hope, across town for you I have to ask, because a couple of folks were asking, what are the roads out there like? The roads are actually pretty good. It just started snowing a little bit ago. So at least here it's still okay, but sounds like maybe into the weekend we might see some ice and some snow, and that won't be good. And the reason I bring that up is because we talk weather all the time on the grain complex side of it. Let's talk a little bit of weather on 
the livestock side. For these cattle guys, we've had such a crazy weather pattern. Do you see that affecting it all the way that they're marketing these animals? Yeah, it, uh, of course. This cold, wet winter that we've had really affects weights on cattle and what we're carrying and, and the cost of gain on cattle. And we're also seeing it now with guys starting to really get in the heart of calving, and that's only going to continue. And um, it can really amp up the volatility as far as death loss and, like I said, slow gain. And there's a lot of different things that can affect the market or affect your operation when it comes to it, just based on our weather. We don't talk about weather that much from a livestock perspective unless it's really, really hot or really, really cold. Yeah, we don't. And people don't also think about uh, as far as we see it affect our kills with getting cattle or hogs to and from um, producer to packer. And there's just there's a lot that weather can do to affect the beef in, in the hog market. Are we going to see that pressure continue to develop for this cash cattle market this week? Yeah, it was a little disappointing, I think, uh, coming off last week's strong, strong sales to see 128 trade down $2 first last week. I think a lot of the market was hoping for a little higher trade. So to see uh, to see us break a little lower, and then the last two sessions earlier, we've broken down really strong, uh, down over, over $5 on front month feeder cattle, down over $3 on front month live cattle. Um, April really took it. Uh, again, today, we were down, uh, you know, almost a dollar, over a dollar. And it's just, it's it's been a grind, but we've also seen a nice move back up. So hopefully some guys were able to take advantage of those prices, and we'll see where we go from here. Why the drop? Was there a, a factor behind it that you saw? Um, you know, when cash cattle traded lower, I think uh, you know a lot of us saw it yesterday right away off the open. We we spiked limit down, and it looked like we had some some stop limits get hit on some orders and push that down, and it rebounded nicely. But then. Uh, on the weakness side, we saw a little more follow-through today lower, and that's that's probably not a good sign technically, um, but we'll see if we can maybe hold into close tomorrow coming into a cattle on feed report. Speaking of that cattle on feed report, what are you looking at? Um, you know, it, it's probably going to confirm the numbers that, that we think there are. We're looking at a huge supply coming into the second quarter. It looks like on feed around uh, 107.4 placements around right around 100%, and then marketing's at right around 106. So it's probably going to show that we do have a lot of cattle we're going to have to chew through and continue to get through. Um, we've had strong demand um, on beef, but if, if we've still got a lot, a lot of critters out there. You know, it just seems a trend of this cattle on feed report. There's always some unexpected surprise when those numbers come out on a Friday. Yeah, there is. And, you know, you go back to our last cattle on feed report, it was actually decently negative, and on Monday we were trading higher. You know, so sometimes we digest it, or sometimes the market's already built in that. And we might be seeing a little bit of that right now, uh, the market kind of setting back and expecting a little bit more of a, a bearish report tomorrow. Well, in the trade today, we did see some, some lower numbers on, on the cattle, on the live side of the trade. This wide range that's been happening that you talk about, from a cattleman's perspective... How do you market that? Yeah, I think it's really hard to market. Um, it makes it really hard to come in with true hedges. Um, I know a lot of guys like to use floors instead to leave that upside, but still protect their downside. Um, it makes it difficult, but when you see levels that you can guarantee yourself some of the profits we've seen, especially when you get you know cattle up into the around 130 area, you've you've got to be you know smart about it and protect that a little bit. I guess the bright spot, shall we say, of this livestock market has been the hogs. Um, they've had some struggles the last couple of weeks, and it's nice to see some positive things move in that direction. Yeah, we've seen a nice move um, really off that $68 level in April. Hogs back up, trading above 71 today, closed up almost a buck and a half right around that. So um, it's, it's really good to see that in hogs. I think we're kind of chopping back to the area that we should be with cash. Um, if, if we can get product supported there i think we can continue to support the futures market but it might be a, a chop and kind of a grind here going forward 
thoughts as we uh, get ready to to wrap up this, but as we uh, look at the way the livestock have traded both cattle and hogs, any thoughts as we finish up the week and head into next week? I, I think it'll probably be pretty quiet tomorrow coming in with that cattle on feed report. After that, uh, we'll really probably get a good idea next week where the market's going to go here over the, over the I guess, the near term over the next couple of weeks. I think we'll, we'll see what cash does. We'll see what packers decide to do if they continue to, to lower their bids. Or, and we're probably going to see that we do have a pretty good supply out there. And even though they're busy in those shops getting those planners starting to go before it hits here, they really need to be thinking about this marketing, what they're going to do with this 2018 crop. Yeah, they really do. We've, we've got beans at a profitable level, and we've got corn near it or at it. Um, so guys really need to, uh, to get in and meet with whoever they meet with and sit down and get a plan together and have it in place and, and at least have um, some levels that they know they're going to be wanting to make some decisions at. So, of course, if they want to sit down with you guys, both either you or Troy, what's the best way to do it? Uh, you can call us at our office at uh, 308-234-6805 or go online to mysmartyield.com. All right. Thanks so much, Eric Kruger, joining us. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by those great Fontenelle dealers all across Nebraska. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.